I'm Nicole McCants, a psychologist turned business coach for psychotherapists. It was not long ago when I was in solo private practice, seeing way too many clients feeling overwhelmed and burnt out. In 2016, when I became pregnant with twins, I knew I had to scale to a group practice because I couldn't keep working that much. I was sick of hitting the ceiling in my income and knew that the only way to make more money and help more people was expanding my practice. In three short years, I was able to scale it to 55 therapists and multiple seven figures. Once I was able to reach that goal, I had to take it to my peers. I'm here to teach you how to scale your solo practice to a group or take your group practice to the next level. We didn't learn anything about business in graduate school. So I created the Business Savvy Therapist podcast where I share easy to implement, business and marketing strategies so you can help more people, make more money, and have more freedom. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Business Savvy Therapist. Today, we're talking about what do you do and how do you feel, more importantly, when a therapist leaves. I'm going to be talking about strategies to really help you tackle the turnover because here's the truth, people will leave. And for me, that was the hardest part of being a leader. I love the innovating, the growing, the marketing, helping the therapist grow, and of course, making such a difference on this planet. And then when a therapist left, do you feel like it's a bit of a punch in the gut? So I want to kind of walk you through my experience and some strategies that really helped. First of all, this is a work marriage. It truly is. This is somebody that, think about it, you thought about, you put up a job posting, you worked so hard to be the best boss possible. You probably also gave it so much thought about their future with you And here you are thinking, okay, now you have them in your practice and you're probably thinking about the future and all the things that are going to happen. And then they send you an email, you open it, and you are blindsided. Has that happened to you yet? It happened to me multiple times and most of the time I was blindsided. I've had people tell me that they're happy and then they leave and I'm I'm so confused. So I'm going to kind of really help you and share what helped me just to prevent the blow because it will happen if it hasn't happened yet. But for me, it was really personal. So I want you to know if this feels really personal, it's 100% normal. And I love the conversation we're having because I remember being a boss, CEO, even when my group practice was small and I just felt really alone. You know how they say it's lonely at the top? Because I couldn't, none of my friends were bosses, were CEOs. My partner, he's amazing, but he, you know, only he tried. (laughs) He's lovely, but I really still felt that it was all me and I was alone. And then I couldn't process my feelings when somebody left. And for what would happen to me is I took it really personally. I would be hurt. I would be all the things probably that you're not supposed to be. So I would be hurt. I would be disappointed. I would be confused. And most of all, I and I'm going to admit this because I, I, I just want to be super vulnerable so you know that you're not alone. If you resonate, I felt abandoned. They would leave 
And I felt like they were leaving me, which really was surprising. You never know how you're going to be in these situations, which was really surprising because it brought up a bunch of stuff from my childhood just around people leaving and abandonment. And what was truly amazing, so what's interesting about where you are right now in your life and where I am is I now have hindsight. I am no longer a clinic owner. I grew it to what I was really proud of, 55 therapists, and then sold it. And now time has gone by and now I have hindsight. And now I'm just about my mid-40s and I feel like I'm becoming wise, if you will. And I realize that... I grew so much. It stretches you more than you will ever know as a person. And the most beautiful part about that is it's like free therapy. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like every human being wants to evolve and be a better human. That's why we do, we watch the videos and and the self help books and all the things. And, or you can just skip it all and just become a clinic owner and you will grow as a person. And it will be hard, but let me tell you, the person who you are when you come out of it or when you grow from it and learn, it does get easier. P.S. It gets easier. But when you grow from it, you will just be so proud at who you have become. I want to give you some tips of how to take it less personal. At the beginning, during the growth phase, you were putting your heart and soul into this and probably working so hard because it's the building phase. Think of building a house. You can't, like it's, that's all the hard work. There's no real stopping. You kind of have to give it your all. And then when it's done, of course, it gets easier and you're just focused on keeping it clean, maybe some fresh paint now and then. But the building phase is probably why you're listening to me and you're probably in this. And I found it was the hardest during the building phase. I think because my identity was so wrapped up in this group practice, I lived it, I breathed it, I dreamed truly, I think I dreamed about it. And what I had to do even during the building phase to have the blow be less is remember that you're not just a clinic owner, that you are a mom or, you know, who, who, maybe you're not a mom, but you know what I mean? You're a parent or, or a sibling or of course, a child to your parents, for example. So I had to connect. And for me, it was my family. So if I was living a well-rounded life and I was doing my hobbies and I was with my family, so those are the two things. One, my hobby is yoga. My hobby is like spirituality. I love meditating. I love crystals and crystal bowls. Like I'm into all that sage and incense. And when I was doing those things to ground myself, that self-care, going for my massages, truly loving my life and felt so involved in my family and so present and playful and letting all the love in over there, the blow was less. So if the blow is like a kick in the face, you want to ask yourself, okay, wait, is my identity too wrapped up in this? And the more that you are not just a clinic owner, the less it will hurt. I'm going to walk you through what to do and how to prepare. And there are three steps. One is expect it, expect the turnover. We're going to talk about that. Two is plan for it. And three is learn from it. One, expect it. Two, you're going to plan for it. And three, you're going to learn from it. And I think when we learn from things, we actually become grateful for them because we got the lesson. So let's start with number one, expect it. 
really coming from a place of acceptance that people, there will be turnover in every single industry. There is turnover, like really realizing that for some reason, I don't know why I hadn't thought about that. I had not thought about that, that people, that there would be this thing called turnover. I was just really focused on where we were going. And it wasn't until I was actually in a therapy session. I definitely ramped up my own therapy when I was in the building phase and somebody had left and I was processing that with the therapist and of course what the triggers were for me. And it was actually amazing. So my therapist just so happened to also have work history in HR. So she had tons of work experience in HR which was really handy because my whole life was HR. And she said to me, well, the typical turnover rate, Nicole, is 20%. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, you, you didn't, you know, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh my God, okay, it's not me. The moment I knew the statistic, which is why I'm sharing it with you right now, I realized nothing is wrong with me because I would blame myself. I'd be like, okay, what's going on? What did I do wrong? You know? but it's 20%. And you can imagine if you have 55 therapists, that's a lot of people. Now it can be 10, honestly, in some industries, if you Google this, it's 50%. But in the professional industry, it's 20. It could be 10. So do the math and see how many people you've had leave. And if if it's close to about 20, know that that is the standard, which is why I want to talk to you about step two, which is plan for it. But before I get to plan for it, back to expect it for a second. When I realized that, oh, okay, this is just something that happens, expecting it can set you free. And the first step in expecting it is to accept it. Accept it. Accept it now. Just really accept that people, all sorts of things happen, especially if you have a big team. People get pregnant People get hurt, like they get sick and they leave. People get new jobs, like people move. Like all every single one of those things I just said happened in my clinic because you're dealing with people. It's almost like having truly an extended family. Or sometimes I felt like it was having children, not in a disrespectful way, but just I had my own kids, Jackson and Lucas. And but then I had all these other people that I was like responsible for, and they all had their own lives, right? And when I came to accept it and even did the math in my head, like, okay, how many therapists do I have? What's 20%? Okay. In a given year, that means potentially one or two might leave or whatever the number is for you. Accepting was so peaceful in a way. It gave some relief where it's like, okay, okay, this is just something that I, that is normal that I'm going to accept. But I also want to help you now in step two, which is plan for it. Maybe we can reduce it a bit. Maybe it doesn't have to be 20, but it could be more like 10. What I did to plan for it, number one, is I always had a job posting up. I always had a therapist job posting up on Indeed. It was not sponsored. You know how you can pay for it. I definitely wouldn't continue to pay for it unless I was actually hiring. But it was just in the background. I had a psychologist one, maybe a social worker one, maybe a psychotherapist one on Indeed. And people, I was always telling the universe that we're open to bringing in great people. And so if that ever happened where somebody would leave, at least I was like, okay, I would jump into Indeed and there would be all these people ready. Hey, have you heard about my free three-day live course? 
It's called How to Build a Seven-Figure Group Practice That Runs Without You. Day one, you'll learn the one thing you need to scale. Day two, you'll learn the two must-have questions to ask before you hire. And day three, I'm going to teach you how to fill your group practice spending less than an hour a week on marketing. Join me live. I cannot wait to answer all of your questions. See you there. Another way to plan for it is doing check-ins. I've talked about this before. You want to be connecting at least every three months with your team to do at least a 30-minute what I call check-in. If they're a contractor, you want to call this a check-in. If they're an employee, you could call it a review. Don't call it a review if they're a contractor, though, because you want to be careful that they don't look like an employee. And a check-in is actually a standardized process. It's not like, hey, how's it going? That does not count. I gave them a questionnaire and I would get them to rate their happiness because people sometimes leave because, of course, dissatisfaction in the job. And then there's other reasons, but I just wanted to make sure I was connected to their happiness. And also I knew their goals. I would ask them checking in again, just wanted to check in that this is in line with your personal goals that you feel happy about. This is connecting you to your revenue goals. You want them to have a dream and know that they can achieve their dream within yours. They can reach their revenue goals. So you're doing the math, like, okay, how many clients are you seeing? And and based on that, are you going to reach your goals or their career goals that they're working towards training an EMDR or being a supervisor? So their revenue goals, their career goals, and their personal goals are saving for a house or whatever it is, and that you are helping them get there. Why would they leave if literally they could get the life that they want within your group practice and really committing to that every quarter, sitting down with them on Zoom or in person, giving them a questionnaire beforehand and really asking them the hard questions. Planning for it also consisted of having a really good offboarding process. Systems provide safety. So if all of a sudden you're blindsided, the rug is ripped from under you, one of your busiest therapists is leaving, at least you have systems to fall back on. Systems will set you free. And the offboarding process was connected, of course, to the contract. So how much notice do they have to give you? Mine was two months for client transition. And you would book a meeting with them, go through all their clients, sort out which ones are staying. There might be a few that want to go with them. So just sorting all of that out, moving the files over to another therapist in your group practice, but it's systemized and completely streamlined. Because I think the stressful part of therapists leaving is not only the emotional aspect that no one talks about, because only you are going through it, but also the just amount of stress and work that is for you. So here you are, you have a, a booked day and then all of a sudden someone leaves and you're like, oh my gosh, okay, I was busy. Now I'm really busy because I have all these tasks. However, if you have a streamlined process, it feels way less stressful. Okay. I'm just going to follow this process. And honestly, the process that I followed had a lot to do with the therapist. They were the ones doing all the work. So they were communicating to the clients. Like I gave them templates to use and, um, And so they knew exactly what to do. And so I really would like meet with them, share the process with them, and then my admin would do the rest. So you truly can set it up where it is not really that stressful. 
that you're like, okay, I'm going to implement this process. And then of course you feel your feelings and all the things. And by the way, if you feel like it is lonely at the top, to be honest, that's actually why I initially got a business coach. I just kind of felt different than my friends. I felt different. Like I wanted to make millions of dollars. I'm just going to say that because <laughs> it's true. I I had these like goals that it was truly, I couldn't turn them off. They were just who I was. And, but I couldn't really have like conversations with other, other people about this. And then when I became a boss and had a big business, I also couldn't speak to anybody about like what was going on and the pressure. And so I literally looked for a business coach. She was not a therapist, not even helping with group practice or anything, but I just wanted, and for me, I wanted to connect specifically with women, nothing against, of course, the men listening, love you by the way, but I just wanted to connect with other women who were moms and running this big thing. And, and truly that's why I found a business coach. Cause I was like, okay, I just want a place where I go, where I can talk to people who get it and they can turn to me and say, yes, oh my gosh, you know, yes, you know, here's what I did. You're not alone. And if you're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly, I, I need a business bestie. I do have a link in my show notes to book a practice growth audit. Please book one. You'll meet with one of my team, somebody from my team for 45 minutes on Zoom and they'll just talk to you, talk to you about what you're going through and just really know that you're not alone because I know how that felt. So we went through expect it and plan for it. And now let's talk about probably the best part, learn from it. Thank you universe for all of the learnings. Thank you because I'm a way more developed human being than I was before this happened. How you're going to learn from it though, because here's the thing, if you don't learn from it, it will keep happening. The first thing I suggest to learn from it is booking an exit interview. Do not let them leave without booking an exit interview. I suggest to book it on their very last day at the end of the day. Like literally, they're going to talk to you and walk out the door and never see you again. Maybe. And here's why. I wanted people to feel that they could be honest. And I would say, hey, listen, I'm going to book your exit interview at the end of the day so you feel safe in being like super transparent with me. I know you're leaving because X, Y, and Z. But if there's anything I need to know about culture, admin, me. And the other thing is you could even have not you do the exit interview if you feel like they're too shy and the power differential is too much, like they're not going to look you in the face and tell you that you're a bad boss, but they need to tell somebody else. So another option is like maybe doing a a questionnaire and a not, well, I was going to say anonymous, but obviously you'd know it was them or having your admin do it. So just notice the dynamic with this person and what makes the most sense. But I would book it and I would tell them straight up, I'd like you to talk. I'm not going to talk much. I'm just going to take notes. Please be honest with me. Please help me grow. I know I'm not perfect. I know I make mistakes. This is all new to me and you would help me so much. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you taking this risk in a way and just kind of really sharing if there's anything. And like there wasn't always. They're like, honestly, I just wanted to say thank you. Like sometimes it's great. It's like, actually, no, there's nothing. But I just set the stage so you can learn. That is gold. That is the best business coaching you can get. Don't you think? Don't you think that is the best business coaching you can get? They're on the ground with you. They see you when you're stressed. They see you when you're good, when you're bad, when you're busy, when you're not, when times are amazing, when times are not. That is the best business coaching you can get. Do not let them walk out that door 
without doing an exit interview. And lastly, is I would, I always say I would take it to the beginning of the story. And what I mean is I would say, okay, so I've got all this information now and some of it I didn't want to hear. Like nobody wants to really do an exit interview, let's be honest, (laughs) but I think we should. I know you're committed to growth. That's why you're listening to me. So please do that. And then I would say, okay, let's take it to the beginning of the story. The beginning of the story is the interview. Is there anything I could do different in the selection process where I could pick a person that is a better match with my personality and maybe they would have stayed longer? Because part of it is it's finding your perfect person. This is a work marriage. You want your perfect person. And my perfect person could be different than your perfect person because you and I may have a lot of similarities, but we also have differences. So it starts with really knowing yourself back to the learning and then bringing it back to the interview where it's like, okay, this is what you said in the exit interview. How can I do better with my next selection? It's almost like dating. You you were in love. It was amazing. Then it ended. Your next relationship, absolutely, you're going to learn from it and say, okay, you know, this next one is going to have A, B, and C because the last one, that didn't work for me. Or it worked for me, but did not work for them. Don't continue to find those same people or the breakups will keep happening. Don't we tell our clients this? I hope all of this was helpful. I want you to know that it is a wild ride and such an adventure, (sighs) but isn't it better than mediocrity? Like, isn't it better like taking the risks and doing the things, the big things that other people may not be doing is hard. Of course it is hard, but the reward, the financial reward is like nothing else. But even better than that, the growth and the human that you end up being in the end will blow your mind. Have a great week. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Business Savvy Therapist podcast. I hope this episode was helpful. I would be so grateful if you would share this with a peer or colleague that is wanting to help more people make more money and have more freedom. Make sure to subscribe so you do not miss any new episodes and please do leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next one.